0: Hey Chuck.
1: What's up, Pamster?
0: Not much. I think I should like have a little gerbil teeth when you when you call me
1: Pamster. <laughs> <for me. laughs> <laughs> Your hair looks real nice today.
0: Thank you. I just got it done. You did. At, I did at Rod Sickler's salon where he always makes my grays go away. Thank you Rod me. You have Rod gray Sickler. hair. I know. See? It works.
1: Wow. <laughs> Wow. How long have I known you?
0: Uh, long enough. Wow.
1: <laughs> that's a hell of a trick.
0: Isn't it though? Is He's like a magician, trick. let me tell you. Yeah. all right, all right. Well, this week has not turned out quite the way we had anticipated. Thank you, COVID.
1: Well, yeah, I was going to say, that's uh, kind of the, the phrase of the year, actually. Uh, and uh, yeah, a lot of things have shifted around movie-wise in a big way, in a small way this week. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get to all of that. Uh, But fortunately, we still have a couple movies to talk about. We do. Uh, Nothing great, but, you know, we'll still hash through a couple of things here.
0: That's right. Well, why don't you take it away with saying nothing great with uh, Fat Man?
1: Fat Man. Fat Man. Yeah. You know what? I think there's a good idea or two here. I
0: think so, too. In
1: Fat Man, if you can just wade through all the carnage to get to it. Um, You know, I I, I sound like a broken record, I know, when I write my reviews and and, and when I talk to you about about tone. How tone is so important to anything that you're doing artistically. And uh, how some people just have it and some people don't. Mm -hmm. And the tone on this film, Fat Man, is all wrong. This is supposed to be a parody. Uh, This is supposed to poke fun at consumerism as far as... uh, Christmas is concerned, it's supposed to talk about the cynicism of our times. We see Mel Gibson as Santa Claus, and he's 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 old and bitter. <clears throat> he's like the old guy who sits on your porch his porch and yells at you to keep you know your damn ball out of his yard. And right. he's not the jolly guy, uh, and it's for a couple of reasons. And he recognizes how the holiday's been commercialized. He's also noticed a downtick in the behavior of the youth. Of the world. is <laughs> quite upset with that. And, you know, he's really upticked his whole uh, distribution of coal uh, over the years, according to this film. There's one kid who gets a lump of coal, and he doesn't, he doesn't take kindly to it. Uh, he's a spoiled rich kid. Uh, and he decides to use the money at his disposal through his grandmother's large trust to hire a hitman to kill Santa. Just out of spite. And that hitman is called Skinny Man, played by Walton Goggins. And uh, he has his own issues. Uh, as far as Santa is concerned and he readily and eagerly takes this contract to to uh, kill Santa Claus it sounds ridiculous it is ridiculous but I mean just because a premise is ridiculous doesn't mean you can't make something meaningful out of it I mean that's what good parody does and this like I say I every once in a while it, it has moments you can see where this thing should have gone and then it just decides to blow stuff up real good instead. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a brother team that did this. Yeah. Two guys I had not heard of. And just when they're about to, like, I, I love the fact that uh, the government comes in and subsidizes. We find out the government subsidizes Mr. and Mrs. Claus because that helps the economy move along. I thought that was pretty clever. Absolutely. Uh, I love uh, Marine uh, Marianne Jean-Baptiste mm-hmm. uh, is class cast as Mrs. Claus, and if you know that actress, you're probably saying, huh? But her and Gibson, actually, the scenes they have together are really quite good.
0: They are. Let's, let's take this moment to listen to a clip from that film.
1: I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I've lost my influence. Maybe
0: it's time I retired the coat.
1: You still have it.
0: Some kids with a deer rifle put two holes in the sleigh, one in me.
1: All I have is a loathing for a world that's forgotten. United States military would like to
0: procure your services. This is a one time deal, gentlemen. How are you, Mike? Nicole and the kids are well, I hope.
1: Where are you? What's the job?
0: I'd like you to kill Santa Claus. I'm looking for the fat man.
1: You can't be serious. This is what people actually think of me. Christmas is a farce, I am a joke.
0: What's the purpose of your visit? Hunting, I'm gonna kill some things. There is a rising number of our youth making poor decisions. Big man's head. Severed heads rot, they mold. They
1: don't
0: want his beard. I'm not shaving off a dead man's beard. Your workers sure have healthy appetites.
1: That's why elves live much longer than humans. and Chris, he does the same. No, it's a
0: giving that keeps him young. I've come for your head, fat man! Dashing through the snow.
1: So, again, there are moments. But it just gets so confused with all of this mayhem and all of this. I mean, I know the Walton Goggins character is an assassin, but seeing him kill so many people along the way just left such a bad taste in my mouth.
0: Yeah, it it was really, no pun intended, overkill. It was. And it was just there. Again, and I seem to always harp on the fact that when you have gratuitous anything... It's too much, obviously, the the definition of the word, but it takes away from the film. And you also said, you know, a parody is to poke fun. The word fun is not there at all, at all. Mel Gibson is, in this film, just a one-note wonder. He's gruff, he's got this gravelly voice, he's angry, and that just doesn't seem to change. And it's, it's, go ahead. He had
1: one scene, though, at the bar where things were looking up. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, you're right. It's it's a one-note performance.
0: And I mean, even... I, I felt like he memorized his lines or maybe he was reading them off of cue cards over, over somebody's shoulder... But that's what it felt like, is he was just delivering memorized lines. And that was it. The kid could have been funny. The kid and grandma could have been funny. The kid and the kidnapping could have been funny. But it was just really sick and twisted. And I was extremely disappointed because I love Walton Goggins. Love him.
1: Well, you know, he and I, I, I'm, I'm going to say Gibson did a fine job. I mean, when you have two veteran people like that, you can see them working. You see them working to, to to bring something more to it. And I don't think either of them embarrass themselves, but the, the script's just not there.
0: Well, and I don't think the direction is there either. No,
1: not at all. Not know? at all. And I didn't find the violence gratuitous. It was just too much. Y- y- you know, once you start blowing things up, well, compared to the horror film we talked okay, about last okay. week. Okay, okay, all right, all right.
0: I mean, Everything is relative, was, yeah. you know, that's
1: way, way yeah, out, was. out. You know, this, though, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's some violence, but I mean, it wasn't anything that you wouldn't expect from a rated film. But again, that's the wrong ta- tack to take for a parody like this. Right, right.
0: And and who's the audience? Who's the target audience on this one? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Crickets. Crickets oh, no, are the target no, audience. I know who
1: the target audience is. Who? I don't want to say.
0: Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. Well... Enough said about Fat Man?
1: Yes, we can, We can. If,
0: if you really would like to know more about what we're talking about with this film, you can stream it on demand yes. on all major digital platforms. If you don't have a little microphone on your little remote control, you can go to Amazon Prime. I am like almost 100% sure you can find yes, it there. Yes, it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, let's, let's take a look at... Um, you know, we, we were going to review the last premiere, which was supposed to open, mm-hmm. you know, in a, a lot of theaters actually, because here we're in Champaign, Illinois, and it was supposed to open up at the AMC 13. Um, and it was obviously going to be in Chicago right. and other major cities. Um, and I was very excited to share with you how much I loved this film and why, but alas, um, because of COVID, that is not going to be opening. So... We're looking at the at the um, release dates on everything, and the only other thing that didn't get nixed.
1: Well, let's stick a pin in the last premiere. We'll definitely oh talk, oh yes, we'll yes. definitely talk about that once we get information about uh, when it's finally going to be released. a right. yeah, fascinating story.
0: Right, and then Sound of Metal was supposed to also be released in theaters. That will be on December fourth, also we'll get through Amazon Prime. We'll talk to you then about that. Um, Chuck, I do kind of want to talk a little bit about, you saw a movie on HBO Max Mm -hmm. that's coming out that I did not get a chance to see. It's by Alex Gibney, a documentary called Crazy, Not Insane.
1: Yeah, really interesting. And Gibney always makes interesting films. Uh, This is about a doctor by the name of Dorothy Otnow Lewis. And she's way ahead of her time. She was way ahead of her time in the 80s. She examines serial killers okay she's the one who uh, is called in as an expert witness and she uh, examines she goes in and talks to whoever's been accused of these killings and tries to get a handle on why they've done what they've done and she was really at the forefront in the 80s and early 90s with this whole notion that environment is key as far as shaping behavior as well as any sort of brain damage that shapes the way we look at things and how we act.
0: When you say brain damage, what did they delve into as far as brain damage like traumatic brain injury at birth
1: or there was yeah there was that. Uh, she talks about a guy who actually had a cyst in his brain that they determined uh, just really skewed his sense of reality. okay uh, And I want to stop here I want to, I want to make sure that, that you understand this woman. She goes in and she tries to explain this but she's not defending their actions. Throughout the film, she says what these people do is deplorable. They need to be locked up for Mm -hmm. our safety. Mm -hmm. But she purports that they should not be killed. They should not be at the death penalty, locked up for life. So she's not one of these people who goes in and says, well, it's not all their fault. Let them go. Her whole thing is to try and figure out why this happens. And what's fascinating is, is that she would take videotape of these interviews that she would have with these people. Mm-hmm. And they're included in this movie.
0: Oh, wow. And
1: one of them is Ted Bundy. Wow. And we know pretty much about him. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, he's I wouldn't say, uh, he's kind of like old news as far as the old serial killers are concerned. But she interviewed this guy named Arthur Sawcross, and he has multiple personalities. And we find out he was horribly, horribly sexually abused by his mother. Oh. And we see that he has, his mind has split into different personalities in order to protect himself. Yeah, yeah. And, and he, he reveals himself on this videotape that she has of him. And it is frightening and so moving at the same time. He had this going for him. And this is the guy who they find out also had a cyst on his brain. Oh, wow. the, stacks, the, the chips were stacked against this poor guy. And yeah. he, was, he brutally killed 12, 12 girls. Oh, no. The curveball here, though, Here's the curveball. So we see her examine and talk about three killers who have been on death row and are eventually Mm -hmm. put to death. She then talks to this guy named, uh, what is his name? I can't remember his name. But he, oh, uh, what he does is he's an electrician. He talks to this guy who's an electrician, and he's a part-time executioner. He's the guy. I know. I know. That's how. That's how they describe him. Okay. Because you know they don't do this as regulations. As he's the guy who will go in and push the button. He
0: knows how many volts. He's the
1: guy. Yeah. He's the guy <laughs> yeah. because even though when you hook them up to uh, you know uh, the chemicals, right? You know, still someone's got to go in and push yeah. the buttons. Yeah. He freely does this, and she interviews him, and she recognizes that he is just like the other guys. Ew. That he, that she's been interviewed.
0: Oh, I just got the chills. It is
1: unbelievable because, it, and the whole thing that she puts forth is that, you know, but for one break here, but for one little change in his circumstances here, right. he, he would have been on the other side yeah. and he, she would have been talking to him in a prison having killed, you know. But because of his background, which is similar to these serial killers, he's perfectly suited to be the executioner. And that, I think, was the genius of the film that Gibney did, was that he just pulls it all together. Wow. They're the same side of the coin.
0: Right, right. And, And
1: it's just absolutely fascinating. So, yeah, crazy, not insane documentary on HBO. It's one of those that just sucks you in it horrifies you it fascinates you right and it now you know i'm going to be doing a lot of reading now because it also just you know prompts your curiosity as to oh my god what else is going on out there and i want to know more about her methods and and, and other unfortunate souls like this
0: right well sounds like a perfect thing since we aren't doing large thanksgiving <laughs> gatherings we can watch crazy not insane um as a celebration because you're not
1: going to be right. meeting with your crazy insane <laughs> relatives there <right>? you go <laughs> thanksgiving yeah thanksgiving hey think, speaking of something that was kind of crazy and insane
0: yeah
1: uh the lego star wars holiday yeah. special
0: what the craziest thing is is i was not looking forward to seeing it But, you know, the whole 44-minute running time definitely piqued my interest. It's a plus. It is a total plus. And I really surprisingly had a good time with this movie. I think it's no surprise that, you know, I feel like I am dragged to the theater, to the screenings for all of the seemingly never-ending Star Wars saga. As long as they
1: make money, they will be never-ending.
0: They they, they will be and that's all well and good, but I have spent many an hour that I cannot get back in my life Mm -hmm. watching these. And so, watching this Lego movie, again, I was not looking forward to it. And then I'm watching the events unfold. We've got ray um who is voiced by someone who sounds like the actual character of ray um ray is frustrated with finn because finn is just not understanding how to become a jedi and she's questioning her own credibility as a jedi and whether or not she can train him and so she runs off just before everyone is getting ready for this huge life day celebration and she runs off with bb8 to try and figure things out figure herself out and she discovers this temple and within this temple, there's a key. She takes the key, and she unlocks the past. She and BB-8 travel through this magical um, circle that's, that's created from this key, and they meet the greats of Star Wars past. <laughs> um, and this is, this is actually, I thought it was just so wonderfully creative because all of the ridiculous, convoluted storylines that we saw within the Star Wars sagas, all of them, were all intertwined with where she went back to and she was able to meet Han Solo. She was able to meet um, uh, Lando Calrissian and, and uh, Luke Skywalker when he was young, Anakin. She met all of these people but the ones that really came to life were Kylo Ren, Darth Vader, and the supreme evil leader, or whatever the heck his name was.
1: Grand Emperor. Grand e- Emperor. Emperor. Emperor All Palpatine. Right. Come on, get with it. <laughs>
0: All right, he's got three names. Come on, give me a break. Okay. The supreme leader. Okay. Um, and we actually get a little bit of character development with these people and understand them a little bit more in their parenthetical phrases that they say to explain what they're thinking and feeling. And and Darth Vader's trying to come around and and give him a little life day cup this is the best evil supreme leader ever. <laughs> I mean, all of these things really give us not just a chuckle, but a little insight too. I really enjoyed how they they bantered off one of each, each other and um, Ray was privy to who these characters were back in the day. But she's gotta be able to save the world because unfortunately, Darth sneaks back with her Mm -hmm. and now he could wreak havoc. But now we've got doubles of past people and and future people. And I think it's a lot of fun. I think it was great that we were able to bring together every single moment of every single Star Wars. And that convoluted genealogy, that tree, that that family tree, that, wait, who was married? No, who's with whom? And whose father is whose? (laughs) And it really did a great job of making fun of all the things that frustrated me with Star Wars. So I had fun with it. Good. You did not.
1: I'm glad you followed it. I gave up after about 15 minutes. Did you really? I was bored with it. You were bored? Yeah. It it, it just, it kind of gave me a headache. It was just moved way too fast. Like, so many of these Lego things do. Okay. Uh, and I, I, I got the joke, and then they just kept repeating the joke for me. Uh, I, I did, like, <laughs> okay, some of I, the I things. Okay, got, I
0: got to find humor in that, because if they're repeating the joke, it's because those jokes were repeated within oh, completely. every single completely. movie that we saw yeah. within Star Wars. Yeah. So.
1: And there were some neat little things. I loved how, you know, young Obi-Wan was lamenting the fact of how boring Senate meetings are, you know, which, you know, we all saw saw that or felt that, too, sitting through the first two Star Wars, you know, whatever chapters those are. So I liked that. I liked when they were, like you had said, poking fun of themselves. But I thought it was just... For me, it was just kind of a one-note joke that they just kept doing again and again. and okay. I,
0: that, that was just me. Okay. And, and I would disagree that I think they were able to find a joke within every single movie that was ever made for oh, Star Wars. Oh, they did. <laughs> um, you even get to see uh, Baby Yoda from The Mandalorian and mm-hmm. see him being cradled. And it's all narrated in in the style, the syntax and the style of Yoda. It's narrated by him from the very beginning. Right. Um, so I had fun with this. I think kids are going to have fun with this that are fans of Star Wars because it is fast paced it, it is, is. vibrant. Yeah. And the Legos were really kind of cool. As you know, one of the one of the guys had their hair turned around and they right, yeah. pushed it back around. They had some ugly sweaters on. Um, they took full advantage of Legos. I,
1: w- I want to know how many extra Lego sets they end up selling because of this. Oh, because true. that is the whole point of
0: this. Yeah, I guess, it was, you know, I'm, I'm <laughs> past the whole kids involved in Lego, so that didn't even cross yeah, my... Yeah, this,
1: this is really why we're doing this.
0: Yeah, all right. Well, um, I liked it. I, th- I thought it was a lot it. of fun. It was, right. yeah. And that is streaming on Disney+. Plus.
1: Yes, yes, part of the Disney empire. Right. Talk about the evil empire.
0: I know, right? They have
1: everything, or almost everything.
0: Pretty much. Um... You know, let's let's take a little break here and crack open a couple of beers from Blind Pig. What do you think, Chuck? I'm on it. Cool. I'm gonna sit back and chill for a sec.
1: So what did you bring today, Miss Powell?
0: I brought um, a blue pills, which I guess is short for Pilsner. I'm not, not a the, beer drinker. It's
1: not the blue pill I've heard of, but okay. Uh, yep, not that one. <laughs> not that <laughs> one. You'll, you'll have to deal with that one later. Yeah, yeah. Cheers. Uh, cheers, yeah. And of course it always tastes better when opened with my white socks. Uh, bottle opener—that goes without saying, of course.
0: And I forgot a gift that I had for you. I'll bring it next week. It'll still be relevant. Okay. So this is the beer of champagne, Blind Pig Brewing Company, the Blue Pills. Okay. You like it? That's yeah, okay. <sighs> um, okay. So what else do we have going on here?
1: We've got. Well, you know, I, I let let's go back a little bit. We were talking about COVID. Okay. And all the changes. And Warner Brothers yesterday announced uh, made a huge announcement an announcement that's going to have big ramifications and something that I think is a huge mistake. Huge mistake. Uh, They had moved Wonder Woman 84 around. I don't know how many release dates it's had. I mean, it's had many, many release dates. I fear that the movie's a stinker because of having so many moved release dates. And they moved the release date even before COVID began. Oh,
0: did they? Yeah, twice. Oh, that's, okay, that's scary.
1: And the fact that they're going to do what they're going to do also tells me, It's a stinker. They are going to stick with this latest release date of Christmas Day. They're going to open it up in theaters on Christmas Day, whichever ones might be open, Mm -hmm. as well as premiering it on HBO Max Christmas Day. This is a blunder. This is a huge, huge blunder on their part.
0: And and why do you say that?
1: Uh, Well, (laughs) I think that um, this was going to be huge at the box office, even if the reviews might not have been good. And I hope I'm wrong, because I love the first film, Uh, and I love her. Uh, even if the reviews weren't great, this was still going to make money hand over fist. It won't now. And also, this is doing what movie theaters have feared for years, opening a film on the same day in theaters as it is available at home. This is going to set a precedent that uh, they're going to build upon, and this is just another nail in the coffin as far as movie theaters are concerned.
0: Who directs
1: this one? Patty Jenkins, the yeah. woman who did the first one. Uh, and like I say, I hope I'm wrong. It's just that the previews I've seen, the tone seems not right.
0: Okay. I have not watched any of the trailers. I know that's probably shocking for you. But I did enjoy the first one. Oh, with yeah. the exception of the last 20 minutes of it. I it's really too did long. enjoy it. Like most superhero yeah. movies, it's too long. Yeah.
1: But, you know, again, every once in a while, you'll, you'll stumble upon someone who's perfectly cast in a role. And that's that's her. I mean, I can't imagine anyone now doing that part.
0: Uh, You know, it's interesting. We talk about the Lego movie doing marketing for selling those Lego sets. So my thought is, isn't this like the perfect type of... Is this Marvel or DC? DC. Thank you. DC to do marketing for their toys. And so if it's not releasing until Christmas Day, aren't they losing out on that marketing But here's the
1: interesting thing. It's Mm -hmm. funny you say that. The marketing that they had marketing set for... I'm trying to think what the other date was. I know it was July, and I think they moved it to September or October. Yeah. And with that date, things were geared for that. Okay. She was on the cover of Vanity Fair right. that month. Right. Uh, if you looked at the comic books, all the ads in the comic books were for the movie that month. They put out a special issue tying in with the movie. Uh, I think there was a giveaway at, at, or, or you know, a toy at one of the fast food restaurants. They had all their promotions already done. I mean, they, they completely wow. botched that. So you're right. Christmas would seem to be a no-brainer as far as we'll release the movie, we'll gear up for toys and everything, but I think that ship has sailed.
0: Right. Um, huh. I
1: think the thing they're doing, though, is they want HBO Max to be the place where DC fans go. They, they're doing this. Uh, Zack Snyder's re- redone Justice League is going to premiere. Right. Uh, they've announced a series of different TV series uh, based on DC Comics. There's going to be a Green Lantern TV series on HBO Max. Oh, There's okay. going to be a Justice League Dark series on HBO Max. So I think they're using, they're maybe going to try and use this as a platform to start the ball rolling and get fans to make sure that they're signed up.
0: Yeah, that's it's interesting. I wonder how this is going to go over with the, uh female directors groups and female filmmakers because you know, it's it's just kind of interesting that is if that's gonna be used as a gateway film to set up HBO Max, how is that going to resonate within the female filmmakers community that she, Patty Jenkins, didn't get her film up on the on the big screen? I,
1: I don't think I, I I don't think it's gonna it's just circumstance.
0: It is. I don't
1: think they're sliding her in any way. Yeah. I mean, it's just, well, I, it's, at this point, it's just an economic decision, I and mean, yeah. I think it's a bad economic decision.
0: Well, you never know what, what they're going to do with robbing Peter to pay Paul, because how many millions of dollars did this take to make?
1: Exactly. And how you do know? they make that money back? Right. That's still the question I've not been able to get a handle on as far as how Netflix justifies the money they spend on movies how Disney justifies, I mean, I think they're going to have a couple that were supposed to be in theaters go there. Yeah. How do they get their money back? I can't imagine they can trace back, okay, well, we saw that when Wonder Woman premiered on HBO Max, we saw an uptick of 50,000 subscriptions. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm not the pocketbook guy out there. I'm not the economic guy. I don't know how this works. Right.
0: Well, I do remember, I don't know if I heard something from the CEO of Netflix um, at one of the events that we went to or if I read it somewhere, Um they hadn't. They were projecting that they were not going to actually turn a profit for.
1: I remember. 10 years they or five said that. Yeah, yes. yeah, that was at one of the events we were at last and year. And so
0: everything right now is just total investment.
1: Okay. Yeah. It must be nice. To, I know, right? To have that money, <laughs> you know, because they bring in billions a month.
0: They do, and and take a look at last year when you know we were going out to all these incredibly cool events. You know, they were definitely upping their game with the uh, quality and caliber of, of original sure. movies or movies they had purchased at different festivals to show and have under the auspices of, of Netflix. And now this year, man, they are just killing it. They uh, We have the Critics' Choice Super Awards for the first time. And, and Netflix has 35 nominations, I think, out of that, I think. If yes, I 35 that, was correct. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Um, which is incredible. And I wonder how many of these movies will be a part of the Academy Awards and a part of our regular um, critics choice awards.
1: Well I don't know how many of those movies, but definitely Netflix will be there. Right, well exactly. I mean, this, I mean if
0: they're, they're if they have thirty five in this tiny little minutiae of a category, right. how many are they gonna have in the regular categories of things?
1: Movie wise, if anyone benefits from this whole corona thing, it's them. Oh absolutely they've been trying to knock on they've been knocking on the door of the Academy Awards the last two years. Their goal is to win best picture at some point and with not as many movies coming out in theaters this is their year yeah if they can't get it this year i mean the, the door is wide open for them if they don't pull it off this year i don't know when they would right and they've got a couple that uh, from what i've heard uh could go all the way
0: i think so too i think so too um what's one of them that has been released so far that is high on your list
1: um
0: careful not to give any embargoes away here <laughs>
1: Well, I haven't seen it, but I'm very eager for Mank.
0: Oh, I haven't seen it yet either. I plan to In, watch uh, that this weekend, actually.
1: Uh, about Herman Mankiewicz, the screenwriter of Citizen Kane. Gary Oldman, David Fincher's directing. I mean, I've read nothing but good things about it. And I have a feeling that's the one they're going to get behind.
0: Um, what about The Trial of the Chicago 7? I loved that movie.
1: That one, and i tell you another one I think they're going to get behind is the uh, 5 Bloods. Uh, Spike Lee's film that came out over the summer. They were talking Delroy Lindo, his best right, actor. Right. And I don't know who's going to be nominated for best supporting actor this year, but I feel sorry for him because Chadwick Bos- Boseman's going to win it. Either for this or Ma Rainey's, uh, what's the name of the film?
0: Uh, Ma-, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Black
1: Bottom. I mean, talented man, uh, the unfortunate series of events that happened this year, they're going to want to honor him. Either way, the, the five bloods of this one, he's the winner. Uh, so they're going to be pushing that as well.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So
1: yeah, this is Netflix's year. It's, I think it it's, is too. It's their game to lose.
0: Exactly.
1: Well, you, you noticed that you said it was Adam Driver's birthday today. It is huh?
0: Adam Driver's birthday today. We are recording this on Thursday, November, what is today? The 19th. 18th. 19th. Mm-hmm. My goodness gracious, time flies when you're having fun. Right. November 19th. So what is your favorite Adam Driver film?
1: You know what a uh, one that people overlooked, but I really loved uh, was a movie called Patterson.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I, I, it's so quirky.
0: I knew you were gonna bring that up. I knew.
1: Well, <laughs> I, you know I, it's because you know everyone's gonna say Star Wars or this, that or the other. Uh, and I know she's got another <laughs> one yep, of my favorites yep. there. Uh, but Patterson, uh, um, just so quirky, so sweet. That movie just hit me right when I needed it. It was just so, so such a sweet sentiment. And it's probably a movie I should watch again Yeah, with everything that's going on. You
0: know what? I, I thought maybe I would appreciate it more now than maybe. I did when I first watched it. Because I wasn't super thrilled with it the first time that I saw it. It was fine. It's just it just so didn't hit me. But I, but I wonder if I might have a little different perspective given everything that has happened in our world in the last year. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I think I, it's a nice respite. And uh, I've got it on the shelf. Maybe I'll pull it out this weekend. But and, I love that movie.
0: And you can stream that probably on, on Amazon. Amazon? Okay, mm-hmm. Okay. cool. Um, one of my favorites is The Report. I think that really showed what he can do. And I loved him in Marriage Story as well.
1: Oh, yeah, no. He's, um, he's, he's,
0: I think he's an incredible actor. I, I could care less about the whole Kylo Ren Star Wars oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think that takes a whole lot of skill to do that. But I do think it takes skill to to do the report, and I liked him in Logan Lucky. I too. love Logan
1: Lucky. Yeah, there was that another
0: film. one that just went under the radar. Yeah, you I know? told you about
1: that. You did. You didn't even see it, and I said you need to watch I know, this.
0: I know. We uh, do help each other out that way. I know we do.
1: Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, Soderbergh, a great. Uh, you know, they, they, they said it was the hillbilly version of Ocean's Eleven, and in many ways it yeah. was, but there was a lot more going on there.
0: Oh, I had so much more fun with it, that than I did with Ocean's Anything. Um, it was fun, funny, dramatic.
1: And also, it, it had a lot to say about the haves and the have-nots. Oh, doesn't it,
0: though? Yeah. And,
1: and I, that's what I liked about it. It wasn't just simply an action thing. There there was a subtext there that meant something.
0: You know, we need to like put together a category of film, the haves and the have-nots, because that really is oh, a, a rela, especially just just it, even the twenty twenty. It would be a long list. Oh in yeah, just do last year or two. Yeah, completely. Yeah, completely. Let's, let's do that. I challenge okay. you to that. All right. I come up with five. I'll come up with five. That's going to be easy. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, the other one that I really liked about Adam Driver is uh, Black Klansman. Even though he didn't have a huge role in it, there is one scene in that movie that like was like a gut punch to me mm-hmm. and took my breath away. Mm-hmm. So, again, I think he's an incredible actor. I also think it's very interesting that one year that he was at the Critics' Choice Awards and we easily, you know, went up to him and said, hi, how you doing? Uh We have a photo with Kevin Wilmot, who was a part of Black Clans as well, and Spike Lee was there. And um, then the following year, what was the movie? I think it it was Marriage Story. It was Marriage Story. Bodyguards all couldn't over get the place. to it. Couldn't, yep. couldn't even get close. <laughs> couldn't even serve a drink.
1: You know that that was because of us.
0: <laughs> it really was. <laughs> that
1: was because of us. Yeah, yeah. He learned very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Keep them away from oh. me.
0: But we have something else kind of fun coming up, and this is probably although you you do have two dogs. So I know that you are a dog lover, too.
1: Yeah, I love dogs.
0: You do love dogs. I've seen you interact with your dogs. You're just as much of a big baby as I am with them. No. Yes. No no
1: one is a bigger baby (laughs) than you with your dog. No one. I do
0: love my little Charlie. And
1: I know you wear that as a a, a badge of pride, and that's fine.
0: I do. I do. I I do pride myself on my dog, and and I, I do love him. And we've got the packed weekend coming up, and it's to celebrate the Amazon series the pack and this is a kind of a, a reality adventure show that they go through these contests in order to win money for charity and do, oh, okay. do good that, deeds. Okay. yeah it's kind of a cool concept so none of the people there are 12 um dog owners and 12 dogs and they they work as a pack in order to go through i guess obstacles i haven't seen it okay um challenges it sounds kind of like the amazing race they go all with over dogs. the country in the world with dogs um, and that money is raised for charity. So dog charities. Um, I really don't know. But speaking of dog charities, here's the really cool thing. This weekend is the Pack Weekend. Okay. And it's packed P-A-C-K-E-D Weekend dot com. And you can go and you can get lots of discounts and coupons, and you can enter for prizes. You can help out humane societies. We have a really uh-huh, cool see. interview with Mutts of the Midway, which is a south um, southwest side Chicago. I think that's a really yeah, clever name, yeah. Yeah, Mutts it's, of the it's Midway. Not bad, not bad. Um, they are a unique rescue organization, and you can take a look at that on our Facebook page for Real Talk with Chuck and Pam. Um, a lot of fun events going on. Also some uh, joint uh, workout things with pa- with parents, with Paul Rince, parents and their dogs. Paul Rince? is <laughs> Paul that Rince? a term? I think it is. <laughs> if not, it's going to be, right? We're going to introduce not, that to the lexicon. And, and I have to credit Allied Media because they're the ones that termed that, not Paul me. Rince. Paul Rintz. Um, so okay. yeah, you can get fit with your dog and every dog needs a workout as do True. we, especially during now. this time. Mm-hmm. It's a good time to get out in the streets and walk.
1: Be a good potent. Parent, There you paw-tent. go. There you go. You yeah, got like it. Like I've got a speech thing going on here. Okay. Um,
0: but we do uh, take a look on Amazon Prime on Friday, November twentieth. I guess it would be. My gosh. Yep,
1: weird. Hey, um, Thanksgiving next week.
0: I know. I know. It's gonna be a pretty mellow, low key Thanksgiving. Yes, ma'am. Yep. And that's a yes, good ma'am. thing. Yep. You know, thankful for our health, thankful for the things that we have, and, you know, let's look forward to 2021 and better things ahead. Gotta be. Cheers, Blind Pig Brewery.
1: There it is, The Blue Pills. Next week, oh, we're gonna have fun next week. Are because we? there are two movies that I know that we mm. disagree on dramatically. Oh, do two tell. Two of them. Do tell Hillbilly Elegy and Buddy Games. Wow. I want everyone out there who is listening to go to our website, Real Talk with Chuck and Pam. And I would like for you to go to the page devoted to Buddy Games. You will see, and like all the pages, it has uh, Pam's opinion of a movie and my opinion of a movie written out in text. Pam, my esteemed colleague, has devoted eight paragraphs to this film. (laughs) Eight. Eight, mind you, paragraphs to a film starring Josh, how do you say his last name?
0: I say it, Duhamel. Duhamel. A friend of mine said Dumal. I don't know which way it goes.
1: It doesn't matter. He doesn't need a name, does he?
0: Yes, he does. Josh with the big
1: blue eyes. (laughs) Okay, we can
0: call him that.
1: Eight paragraphs to this thing. I have devoted maybe half, maybe half of a paragraph. So please read that so that you are then prepared for our podcast next week in which we are going to go toe-to-toe, mano-a-mano, over Buddy Games, as well as Hillbilly Elegy, one of Netflix's uh, big ones that they're going to be pushing for awards.
0: Are we going to disagree on that one, too? Big time. Wow.
1: Big time. Wow. And also we'll be talking about Melissa McCarthy's film, Super Is that
0: a film with, or a series?
1: It's a film. It is. With Bobby Cabanel, which is coming to HBO Max next week. As well. I'm
0: excited about that.
1: I would be if it wasn't her husband directing again. Okay. Ben Falcone. Yeah. They've made three films together now. Two of them has stunk. Okay. So, we'll see. I hope I'm wrong because I like her. I like I him. I do,
0: too. I do, too. I'm going to hold my breath and, and think it's going to be good. And I'm a little nervous for next week.
1: Okay. That's good. <laughs> 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 On that note, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, be safe. Be careful out there. And uh, But, yeah, keep watching the movies. Keep watching movies. music, guys.